Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coach Taku. I'm Mary, and I'm here with the wonderful, magical, ever-brilliant Christina. And today we're going to talk about one of those OG video games that everyone should play if you haven't played. And everybody probably has played some version of this game because it's been around for quite some time. And it's none other than Zelda. And we're going to talk a little bit about the franchise, but to give you a synopsis, if you've never played the game before, here it is in one sentence hero saves the world from evil period the end (laughs) and i know that we want to talk a little bit what our favorites are because we're going to delve into those a little bit more so my all-time favorite and the one that got me started on this franchise is the ocarina of time and i just love everything about that game i can play it all over again and i know that christina has her favorite as well which is yeah, for me, um, I think my OG in the Legend of Zelda franchise is Wind Waker. And what I love about asking people this question, Mare, is it's so based on what was the first TV console that you had growing up. You know, for me, my mom was such a stickler for not buying us games, but I remember being in the fifth grade and getting a GameCube and like life never being the same. <laughs> And, and so for me, the first Zelda game that I ever get to, got to play, like from start to finish on my own, didn't need to be at a friend's house was Wind Waker. Um, and so in addition to Hero Saves the World from Evil, I, I say this somewhat facetiously, but just in case you truly did not know, uh, Zelda is the princess and the elf-eared blonde guy with the green outfit, uh, his name is Link. So just to get our main characters squared away. Um, But yeah, you know, when we were talking about this franchise and talking about video games in general, what we realized was the coaching conversation that the entirety of the Legend of Zelda series lends itself to is the idea of getting to be present to the journey and finding joy in the journey. Um, Because what we find in coaching conversations when clients hire us and even when they don't hire us is most people, most of the time, just want to get there. And I'm putting there in air quotes. You know, they want to get to the goal. They want to get to the finish line. They want to get to the result. And oftentimes they lose the opportunity to be present to the joy and the growth And all that's available in the journey of getting to wherever there is. Anything you want to add to that piece of it, Mayor? Um, I think to that piece of it, Christina, what I would say is that we oftentimes just lose sight of why we're doing it when we just focus on the goal. And when we do that, we actually end up in burnout or stress or overwhelm without really taking a moment to remember why it was that we were doing it. And it's so much more pleasant when we actually take joy in every moment of it. 
and we look for those moments of fun. Yeah. And so part of why Zelda is a great series to talk about this is because this franchise, regardless of you played, you know, the original Nintendo 64 games, or if your entry to the franchise was with Breath of the Wild on the Nintendo Switch, wherever you fall in this uh, in this journey, so to speak, is the, the premise is that Link tends to be the underdog. Either he's a kid or he's lost his memories or he's been asleep in a time capsule for a couple hundred years. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, the way most games start is that he is at some disadvantage compared to the larger dark forces of the world. And it's up to him to set off on what is seemingly an insurmountable quest to save the world. Um, and so, you know, what we see is Link tends to grow in strength as he takes on these different quests. Uh, there's the literal in-game power-ups and buffs of getting better items and better abilities. And, you know, in certain series, you even get magical abilities or people you can summon but it's also very much like that inner strength of making friends and gaining confidence and creating partnerships as he continues to battle through these different puzzle-like dungeons and bosses and progress the journey. Yeah, and I think this franchise, Christina, is just a really great example of taking joy in the journey. Because I know that when I play these games, yes, you want to save the world. And yes, there's a sense of urgency to an extent of saving the world. But at the same time, you know, it's a game. And because of that, you take part and joy in all these little side quests. Like, I don't know, for me in Ocarina, I spent a lot of time like chasing the the chickens, the cuckoos, because I was wanting to get the milk bottles and playing like, you know, bowling in the little town because I wanted to get a specific reward or collecting the spiders, which would get me a lot of rupees that I could spend on other things. So there was a lot of joy in just following this, these little side quests that actually get, gain like um, at times power-ups, at times weapons. And you could spend a lot of, you could spend a lot of time just enjoying that part of it, knowing that you're still working towards your goal, but not necessarily uh, stressed out by the sense of urgency that you have to save the world right now. Yeah. And that's the perks of a video game, right? Is even though the character, the non-playable characters are always hinting at impending doom, you're kind of on your own clock <laughs> with how it goes. Um, similarly, for me, I put so many hours into Wind Waker, partially, I think, especially the first time I played it, just with the fascination of the dungeons. Like, I loved exploring every single room, even if there was a very clear path on how to get to the boss. And additionally, one of my favorite you know, adventures would be to collect all of the map pieces and actually like feed all of the fish across the ocean to make sure my map was complete and I wasn't missing a single square. Um, and I think this brings up a really great point because, you know, in this conversation, it brings up this idea that I think video games in general are a great place to enjoy the life of these characters in a way that I think sometimes we're scared to enjoy our own lives. You're willing to take risks that don't really have real life consequences. You're willing to, you know, jump off a cliff and see what <laughs> happens, but not just the physics of it. It's really, I think 
strategies for how you play any video game and especially how you play Zelda games really informs whether or not you're goal-oriented or experience-oriented. And I think what's really cool about the franchise is regardless of what your favorite game is, and I know for a lot of people, it, it, are, it is the originals, the Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, you know, the games that really set it all in motion, is you over the years, you've seen Nintendo build the world of Zelda into something that gets to be more explorable and more adventurous and reap more rewards from you being willing to just explore and enjoy the game. Like, fun fact, I still technically have not beaten Ganon in Breath of the Wild (laughs) after all of these years because I am just having so much fun going back to the game now and again and getting more seeds and getting all of the different monster parts to upgrade all of my armor sets and waiting for the blood moon to reset Lionel spawn so I can get their guts and murder them. (laughs) What about you, Mare? I'm so glad you said that, Christina, because I was like, I thought I was the only one that was like, (laughs) but yeah, one of the things I love about Breath of the Wild is that you can see where you've died. You know, you have a little X wherever you've died on the map. And I'm one of those exploratory players. So I think the first time I was on the cliff, I was like, I'm just going to jump and see what happens. And yeah, then I died. And I realized that that wasn't something I could do. And one of the things that I also love about this game is just that there's so much to explore. I mean, just like from cooking to like exploring different places in the world to um, finding little side quests to like just enjoying because it's such a beautifully, it's such a beautiful game to be in. It's such a beautiful world that sometimes you just take pleasure in walking through and just seeing what you can find. Um, So I haven't beat the game either. I'm so glad you said that. And I think that one of the things that for myself, what I take from this is that, yeah, it's easier to take risks when you're in a game. But my question is like, if we were approaching life and not that you should jump off a cliff, that is not what I'm saying. But if we were approaching life from a place of a little bit more risk, a little bit more fun, a little bit more joy, how would that shift things for you? And then the choices that you make day to day. Yeah. And, you know, another distinction we have in coaching sometimes is the difference between urgency and emergency. And I want to be clear, if you're someone who picks up any of these games and goes, oh, my objective here is to collect the pieces of the Triforce and find the Master Sword and slay Ganondorf and save the world. Okay, that's the path I'm going to choose. That's actually also totally okay. But again, are you creating it from urgency on purpose? Like, hey, I want to challenge myself to see how quickly I can accomplish this goal. Or is it coming from this emergency place which is a much more reactive place, which is like, oh my God, I have to do it or it means something about me. In a game sense, it means I'm not good at it or my friends are going to beat it before me. In a life sense, it means, oh, I'm not as good as the people around me and my life isn't as meaningful. And I think a great example of this is, I know for a fact that a lot of these Zelda games, especially Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker, have a prominent community of speedrunners. And so if you've never heard of these people, speedrunners are essentially folks who see how just how quickly they can beat a game. And what's fascinating 
is they have like made it their life's mission to find all of the glitches, all of this, all of the mistakes in the world, all of the bosses you can secretly skip to shave more and more seconds and minutes off of their best times. And again, they they find joy in this process because it's about becoming so familiar with the game that you could almost run through it with your eyes closed. And so they're a great example of people who create that sense of urgency on purpose, but still find joy in it being urgent. Yeah, Christina. And I, what I'm getting from what you're saying is that even in our own lives, we can look at that and ask ourselves, are we creating this on purpose? Is this really urgent? Am I creating an emergency? Or is there a different option? Is there a different way of being in this? And if you're creating something on purpose, is it an empowered choice? Like, where is it actually, where's the intention coming from? Ooh, but actually, Christine, I have a uh, switching in a little bit. I have a question for you. What are your, some of your favorite Zelda moments? Wow. Oh, that's a good question. I think, I think one of the things for me, just because it's such a penultimate example is when you have your suspicions confirmed that Sheik is actually Princess Zelda. And so for anyone who doesn't know who I'm talking about, uh, Mary, obviously you do, because I believe Sheik's first appearance is Ocarina of Time. Um, you know, while Link is going through his, his adventure, trying to figure out how to save the world and all this good stuff, this mercenary ninja-like cloaked figure appears before him, uh, posed as a male, um, who you know, uses his harp to teach Link these various warping songs to help him move through his journey. And, you know, Sheik is aloof and wise and clearly like very capable as a warrior. And so naturally to the surprise of no one who has come to know me through the course of our Coach Taku adventures, it's super exciting when Sheik reveals himself to be another other than Princess Zelda, because I think it reveals a side of Zelda that we don't often get to see. She kind of breaks the mold of the princess that needs saving in the tower and really reflects that she has many abilities that make her super proficient and actually an asset to Link, not just someone who's in need of saving. Okay, when I realized that this was what was happening in this game, I was like, can we play the game from Sheik's perspective? Because that would totally be a game changer. And like I got, you know, Zelda and Link and Link is the hero and all of that, but how cool would it be like if you played it from Sheik's perspective, so just putting that out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but how about you, Mary? What are some of your favorite Zelda moments, either for the coachability or just because you like to stroll down memory lane? So probably my all-time favorite battle, and I think I shared this with you earlier, Christina, is the uh, it's one of the temples in Ocarina where I think it's the water one where Link actually ends up fighting himself. And I loved that battle because this was, you know, this was when I was way before I thought of becoming a coach or anything like that. But what I loved about that battle is that you see him like little Link start out fighting all these monsters and he's gaining confidence as he goes, as he's battling. And then this battle is not a battle against the monster. It's against himself. And I thought that was just such a brilliant move because it's like, how do you fight yourself and how do you defeat that part of yourself? 
and how strong do you have to be? What mentality do you have to be in in order to outsmart yourself and move forward? So there were so many questions there for me and I loved, I loved that dynamic. Yeah. Well, you know, additionally, Mary, we've spent a lot of time talking about what these games reveal about us as players. Um, but I love that you referenced like the symbolism of Link fighting himself in that particular scene because it, it lends itself to this question of like, if we do focus on the characters for a second, because there are so many amazing ones uh, across the entirety of the Legend of Zelda universe. Who would be your top choice as like an ideal client or someone that you just wanted to get into the head of and work with and why? I need a moment to think about this, Christine. It's a really serious question. There are many awesome characters. Hold on. I think ultimately I have to go with Impa. And Impa is like, I think I would describe her as Princess Zelda's guardian almost. Like she's this hardcore teacher, mentor, bodyguard for Zelda. And I love her strength. I think what I see for her from a coaching perspective is more use of her voice and leadership because this is a really badass woman. And you can tell that from the interactions that you have with her. But I don't think we experience her full voice or leadership as often as we could or in ways that we could. So I'd love to bring that out more for her. What about you, Christina? Who do you work with? Ooh, for me, this is a no-brainer. I would have to work with Medley from Wind Waker. And for anyone who doesn't know her, Medley is this really sweet uh, young adult age-ish Rito. Uh, Ritos are kind of like the bird people of this universe. And the reason that Link first meets her is because he travels to Dragon Roost Cavern. There's lots of drama going on. The dragon Valu is not happy. The Rito are sad because the children of the island can't be blessed to get their wings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the reason why I would want to coach Medley is because she is this very serious and sincere character who has this destiny that's much bigger than herself. Like she actually goes on to become the sage of earth, which is one of the main proponents to, you know, helping to unlock all of the powers of the master sword and the triforce in this particular game. And the reason I want to work with her is because Medley is not connected to the power that she has. If anything, when you first meet her, she's very quick to suggest why she's a failure or why she has no power at all. Um, when you come to Dragon Roost Cavern and all of the, all the drama is going on, she's taking it very personally that her prince, Prince Kamali, hasn't been able to obtain his wings. And she actually says something along the lines of, you know, that it's her fault that he doesn't have wings because if she was a strong enough attendant, he would have find, he would find a way to get them, whether Valu was able to bless him or not. And so I think what makes that super coachable is you see that Medley is very committed, has tons of integrity, honor, love, you know, cares about the cares about her role as the successor of being an attendant. But then you also see that there's like a lot of, of a martyr complex around it of it's her fault. If it doesn't work for people, how is she a failure? If the circumstances have gotten in the way. And so I, I would love to work with her to have more confidence in herself 
And, um, you know, the other thing that's great about the legend of wind waker, which is true in all the games, but once again, musical instruments are a huge theme throughout the game. And she happens to play the harp. And when you see her playing the harp, she's like the most at peace and connected to herself. And it's in these moments that she's also able to connect with the original sage of the earth. And so I would love to coach her on like, how does she access that confidence and that groundedness in her day-to-day life? And not just when she's, you know, fulfilling on her spiritual duties on the planet. Yeah, Christina, and you talking about like building confidence and strength kind of reminds me back to our original conversation a little in that when we actually, at least I know for me as a player, and I think this is also true for Link himself as a character, but as you go and you actually start doing more of the side quests, you start taking more risks, you actually become more confident. Link becomes physically stronger, but you become more confident as a player, knowing what you can and can't do and what boundaries you can and can't push. And when it comes to the battles, it makes it a lot easier to beat the battle, the bosses when you've already explored and tried and done all these other things. So any final thoughts on this? Mm, I think, you know, if you walk away with only one thing in this episode, I hope it's either a renewed interest in picking up a Zelda game and replaying it, Uh, which speaking of which, part of what inspired this episode was on Nintendo Direct, they announced that they are bringing Skyward Sword to the Nintendo Switch. So let us know if you're going to be downloading that and playing it or not. Um, And the coaching lesson that I hope you take away is, again, to you posed this question earlier, Mary, like what would be available or possible if you look to have joy in your journey? Like if you looked to enjoy the experience of reaching your goals and weren't just so hard pressed to reach them. What final words of wisdom do you have for us, Mary? Christina, I don't think I can top that. I think that is a good place to end. That is a good lesson takeaway for people to kind of mull with process. And as always, we love your support. Please DM us, follow us on Instagram at Coach Takupod. Leave us comments. If you like this episode, if you want us to talk more about specific game or character, let us know. And until next time. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Catch you later subscribing so you never miss a new episode have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss dm us on our insta coach taku pod c-o-h-c-h-t-a-c-u-p-o-d or email us at coach pod at gmail.com love your wonderful host in that case you can follow me christina at here Xtina roar on instagram and you can follow mary at mary m-e-r-y dot the nerdy coach thanks so much catch you in the next one